Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Welcome one and all. Uh, Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 43. And we're going to break open the bread of life. But Rob, before we do that, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open God's Word to us? I would love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And if we could, I'd love to start with Jesus' prayer for unity. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their Word, so that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of your love, the gift of your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world to show us who you are. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world to show us how to live, to show us how to suffer, to show us how to die, to show us that we will rise again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us so much. And we ask you, please, to send your Holy Spirit into our conversation now as we break open your love letter to us. Uh, We ask you to send the Holy Spirit here into the studio. Send the Holy Spirit, please, into the cars and homes and offices of all those listening. Uh, just, Just open our hearts to receive your love to receive your mercy, to receive your peace, to receive your joy, and then just to be so generous in giving that to every single person that we meet. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? Absolutely. The gospel reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 through 43. Jesus said to the high priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures, 
The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. What really hit me, Rick, and it just hit me just now, in the word cornerstone, and I was thinking about the Scripture verse that says, you know, we have to build our house on the foundation of Christ. And it's telling us right here that the builders, you know, as you know, people that were, you know, building their faith on something, you know, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And the question that the Lord put in my heart is, am I building my life, my family's life, my business life, my work life, my community life, my church life, on the cornerstone that is Christ. And that cornerstone is love. So everything that I do all day long is a question of, did I or did I not love? You know, I think that's the question God's going to ask me when I go to heaven is, you know, when did you and when did you fail to love? Because to me, it's all centered about love because God is love. So I want to make sure that in my life, the cornerstone of my family is Christ, not me, Christ. The cornerstone of my relationships with other people is Christ. The cornerstone of my business relationships and my workplace is Christ. That he is, again, that keystone in the building of everything that I'm doing, family, workplace, wherever, community, church, it's always Christ, not me, Christ. And I'm building, or rather I should say, he's building through me what he wants to build of the gift of my life. And so that just really hit me that Christ is the cornerstone. And the, the, the three words at the end jumped out at me, produce, produce its fruit. And uh, yeah, sometimes I know I could, I might get a little lazy maybe, especially if I'm, I'm doing a project or you know, I don't know if anybody listening has ever been in youth ministry and you're, you're trying to get the young people to come and you, know, you, you, you get, you get 10, or, 10 that come or five that come and, um, and we say, well, it's not, about, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. And sure, once the event happens and the, and the people are there, it's not about numbers, it's about people, right? We were at a, a group earlier this week, and, and someone, someone said that. It's, you know, God loves people, right? So we should love most what God loves most, and that's people. So if, we want, if we're going to love who God loves, which is people, why wouldn't we want the place packed, right? Why wouldn't we put every effort to pack the place? And sure, once you're there, you treat each one with love, whether it's five or 500, but on the way there, on the way to the event, I mean, just double up in prayer and fasting and, and the effort that we put into it, right? Work as if everything depends on us, but pray as if everything depends on God, like a, a, a saint said, um, that we just go after it, right, for the Lord, because we are in the fruit business, right? That, you know, God doesn't want us to just get this gift and leave it um, hidden and, and, and keep it for ourselves, but he wants us to produce fruit. And if, if we're experiencing joy and love and peace and mercy, why wouldn't we want to share that with everybody and, and just work as, as much as we can using all of the gifts that God has given us you know, through our, our creativity, our imaginations, our intellect, any financial resources that he's given us, just use it all for him, right? So then more people can be exposed to whatever we're working on. Absolutely. And when you said the word fruit, I always think, what is the produce we what is the fruit we produce? And that fruit is the fruit of love. And I think it was Mother Teresa that said, and that fruit must be available. 
to in within the reach of every person that wants to taste of it. So we need to be open and available for God to use us and to have that fruit of His love, which is produced in us through our relationship with Him. As God is our Father, God is our brother, Jesus Christ, and God is our bride in the Holy Spirit. We need to be open to just allow God to work through us, you know, to our spouse, as God wants to love our spouse through us, to our friends and neighbors, to our children, which are actually God's children. He wants to love them through us, parent them through us. So, again, for me, Rob, that fruit is the fruit of love, you know, to me, the eternal exchange of love. It's the end, end game, end goal. The, the danger, though, that we seem to find ourselves in sometimes, or at least some do, is, um, you know, there in that last line that Rob was reading, it says uh, that it will be, the kingdom will be given to a people that, pr- that produce its fruit. Well, if we take that just as it's written, literally, um, without the insight of the Holy Spirit, um, we may start thinking that that fruit is our fruit that we are producing the fruit. And I think that's part of what the chief priests and elders here, uh, what was their problem? They, they were living righteous lives, and the people that they were, uh, un, had under their care that God had given them to shepherd, they started thinking them, of them as their people, their fruit. And I think, personally, I think this is a wonderful stewardship scripture. God uh, gave the vineyard to uh, the people of Israel, and the, the leaders there had them under their care. And they didn't care for them as if they were God's people, as if they were tending the sheep that God had given them responsibility for. They treated it all as their own. You know, it was all about them. And um, we, we need to take an attitude that he is um, putting forth here at the end, where he's saying, uh, you need to care for the people that the, produce the fruit that belonged to me. The, the landowner came back and wanted his produce. It says that up at the top. He wanted his produce. Uh, but the tenants didn't think it was the landowner's produce. They wanted it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, as God has, everything God has given us, as we've, we say over and over here at Stewardship and Mission of Faith, Everything that God has given us belongs to him, yep. and we're simply caretakers. We are simply um, though, someone who is supposed to uh, take care of and be responsible for those gifts that he's given to us, whether it's our family, our children, or our, our, uh, our financial means, any of those things. They belong to him, not to us. Uh, I just think this is a wonderful stewardship scripture. That's beautiful, Rick, because the word I wrote at the top when I read the first line was spiritual pride, because we can have a whole lot of head knowledge about Christ, about God the Father, about the Holy Spirit. The chief priests and the elders at the time, they were the leaders, the religious leaders. They knew a whole lot of religiosity. They knew a whole lot of stuff, but that failed to make its way to their hearts, which would have led them to actually serve the people. You know, and as God describes this parable to them, they know the right answer. Oh, those wretched people, this and that, because God was trying to teach him, excuse me, it's you. It's you, because you value more your prestige, your role, your place in the community 
It's not about God. And you're right, Rick. We can rob and steal from God when we take credit, which only belongs to him. You know, and I, I was also back to the part where you said that nothing this is so key. Nothing belongs to us. Everything is a sacred trust. God entrusts to us to be caretakers of, stewards of, in his vineyard. It's his vineyard. It's his everything. He grows it. Okay, so I look at that and say, wow, when I look at my wife, do I realize, number one, that's God's daughter. Is that the way I look at her? That's Jesus' sister. Whoo! Is that the way I look at her? Oh my goodness, that's the Holy Spirit's bride. Is that the way I love her? And I'll tell you what, that's a reflection for each and every person out there, as it is for me. Everything is a gift from God, a sacred trust. How do we steward it? How do we look at our spouse, our children, the people God brings into our lives, the things God allows us to have, call it our possessions. They're not ours. They're His. Otherwise, they end up possessing us, and we end up serving the possession, which is not a healthy thing. Not a healthy thing. So, again, that's great reflection, Rick, because spiritual pride is what really jumped out at me. Well, this reminds me very much of um, the story of David when the prophet came to him and said, um, there's a man who stole, who um, went to his neighbor and took his lamb. And, um, you know, what should be done with the man? And David said he should be slain. Uh, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. was the answer. And the prophet said, you are the man. Well, he, Jesus right here could have verily, very easily, when the, when the uh, elders gave that answer of uh, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death, and Jesus could have easily said, you are the man. This is, this is you in this story. And they never saw it, just as David didn't see it until the Spirit opened his eyes uh, through, the, through the words of the prophet and, and fell into uh, repentance. I love what I call God moments, and I had no idea we were going to do this scripture today. And yesterday I had an event with a man, and who's a very, I mean, this man, he's been through, you know, all these amazing Catholic schools and colleges and has all this theological background and everything, you know. And I get together with him, and I ask him one question. I said, tell me your balance in life in five, five levels. What's your number one priority, number two, number three, number four, number five? I was blown away. He got them all right, in the right order, the way God ordered them. I was like, wow, I'm really impressed. This young man has got his act together. But you see, then the Holy Spirit convicted him. Because just like the chief priests and elders in this story, the man hung his head and he said, you know, I know all the answers, but my life doesn't show that I'm living them out. You know, God wasn't first. His wife wasn't second. His children weren't third. What was in first place was his mission opportunities, and he had, was out of balance. He was doing a lot of good stuff. But I said, your number one vocation is your wife. Number two are your children. I said, they all stem from, and that relationship with them stems from your relationship with God the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. How are you doing there? I said, because all this mission opportunity stuff, if you put that above that, you are out of balance. And this man was like, he was almost in tears. He's like, he said, and this morning I saw him, he said, you know, I called my wife last night. He said, and I talked to her. I'm out of balance, and I want to correct it. And I, he said, I heard, I learned. He said, I came here to do one thing, but how the Holy Spirit used you to convict me 
is you'll never know the gift you were. And, you know, and, and it's just simple things. I said, you know what? Disconnect. Disconnect. Shut your phone off. You do not need to take your laptop into your home to do more work. He said, but it, it's, it, it's so accessible. I said, turn it off. I said, number two, don't take the garbage home. What do you mean? I said, you have a day's worth of work. There's good and there's bad. There's stuff. Dump the garbage at the feet of the Lord and say, Lord, help me process this. And then ask the Lord to help you with the grace to love his daughter, his spouse, <laughs> his bride, your wife. I said, and then the children he's entrusted to you. I said, you must be disciplined and disconnect. You must be disciplined and have balance. You must ask the Lord because you can't do it in your own strength. This man left here today a changed man. It changed the course of his life with his children and with his wife. And it was just, just powerful. And it all related to this. Chief priests and elders, they knew what should be done with the wretched men. But guess what? The wretched men were them. Mm, I, always yeah. like, I always like to say, the Lord brings sinners into my life to reveal my sin, my sin, my shortcomings. Yeah, and, and just as you're sharing the story about your interaction with the guy, uh, the, the vineyard, we can look at the vineyard, and the most important vineyard that we have is as our home, right? Our, our, so how are we tending to our, our, our spouses and our kids? Um, and it's, it's, that's convicting, right? Because you know, we can do all the good outside, and especially if you're involved in ministry in any way, whether it's full-time ministry or you know, volunteer ministry at, 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 at your church, in your community, we can replace and, and be deceived that the work that we're doing in the name of God is prayer. And sure, we can offer everything up, and we're supposed to offer everything up, and, and it becomes a prayer. But if we're not having that fill-up time, if we're not breaking away from everything, sure, pray while you're driving. Absolutely. Pray while you're walking. Pray while you're doing whatever. But if we don't break away and have that one-on-one special time, you know, it'd be like our spouses. If we if we never had one on one time with our spouse, you know, how how are we doing? Not not too good, right? So God wants that special time, that that time that is just you, going to the Father and letting Him love you, letting Him fill you, letting Him rejuvenate you, right? Just to listen to Him say, "I thirst for you, David. I thirst for you, Rick. I thirst for you, Rob." Just give that time to God, and then sure, make that you know extend that into everything we do. But if we don't do that first. Uh, so I think a fake, for me at least, is is you know, and being in ministry is falling into that. You know, we're doing a lot in the name of God, talking a lot about God to other people, but am I truly taking that time to stop, to sit in quiet, to listen, and to just let Him love me? That's beautiful, Rob. And I love the prayer you started out with from John 17, Jesus' prayer for unity, and that. Reflected to me another God moment that happened yesterday. I drove my daughter back and forth to college. It was four trips. and It was eight hours of my day because she had a 20-minute orthodontist appointment. And I wanted to take all these CDs along to listen to. And I left and forgot them. I'm like, oh, man, Lord, why would you let me forget them? I always blame the Lord. And, and, and so I started digging through my little box aside of my, uh, my seat in the car, and I find one CD. And I put it in and listened to it. At the end of the CD, you know, I'm, I said, you know what? I'm going to throw this CD away. Because this CD, though Catholic in its truth, 
was presented with sarcasm, was presented with mockery, and things that were not healthy in the healing of the one body of Christ, all of Christendom, because it mocked and had sarcasm against our separated brothers and sisters. And what the Lord taught me through this is the fact that we always need to have the heart of charity, the heart of mercy, the heart of love. We need to share the beauty and the truth of our Catholic faith without, without mockery, without tearing down our brothers and sisters who haven't been enlightened to the fullness of truth. We need to be invitations to the truth, not the enemy's tool, which causes division and builds walls. So it was funny because today then, I couldn't believe this, the man I met with today, he says, how'd you like that CD I sent you? I had forgot. He's the one that sent me the CD. I said, well, can I give you some some counsel? He said, oh, absolutely. I said, well, let me tell you what. This is what I thought when I listened to the CD. And I, I said, I'm going to throw it away. Because although it was filled with Catholic truth, it was delivered with a message that was not a heart of charity, without a heart of love, without a heart of understanding that the eyes of our brothers and sisters haven't been opened fully to that truth. And you know what? To, to, to slap them about it, to chastise them about it, to mock them is not of God. So my counsel would be, you need to listen to every one of these CDs you put out, and you need to make sure you never put one out that doesn't have a heart of charity. That's an invitation to our brothers and sisters to truth, because it's the Holy Spirit that convicts, not you and I, the Holy Spirit. So he was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. We needed to hear that. Other people have called and told us this, so we need to really look at that. I said, you're right, you do. I said, nothing wrong with the man, nothing wrong with the talk, other than didn't have a heart of charity in the delivering of the beautiful truths of our faith. Thanks for sharing that, David. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, you know, we're, we're either instruments for unity or, or tools, uh, tools of division. So we definitely want to be instruments of unity. Now, another word that I just jotted down, it wasn't in, in here, but a word that came to my heart was mercy. You know, when, when Jesus asked them, well, you know, what's going to happen to the tenants when the owner comes, their answer, right, the chief priests and the elders, their answer was, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death. That was their answer, right? Get rid of them, done. Jesus, at the end, just said, you know, the kingdom of God will be taken away, right? But taken away is different than you're done because it, there's always room for, for mercy, right? There's always, until our last breath, we always have the opportunity for mercy. And uh, no matter how many times we've given our lives to Jesus and, and recommitted that, um, you know, re- re-upped on that commitment, you know, we, we fall, we fall. And, uh, and we could turn away from him through our words, through our actions, through our thoughts, through our omissions. But God, you know, so, so in those moments, especially in, in those moments of sin, the kingdom of God is taken away from us. God's life within us is, you know, is taken away when we live a life of sin. But then when we come back and we ask for mercy, God in his, in his infinite goodness and love gives us that mercy. It's, just, it's awesome. So, you know, don't, don't know if that was an intended message, but that's just, uh, the, you know, the message that spoke to my heart was uh, that, that God is always, always going to be there for us if we're ready to come back to him. Well, and that idea had crossed my mind uh, just a little bit ago while David was talking that um, for these specific chief priests and elders, there was still time. Um, if you if you think about it, re- taking away the kingdom of God ultimately means death. 
spiritual death. If the kingdom of God is removed from you, you've got no place with him. So the result of that is spiritual death and, and eternity in hell. But for these individuals, there was still time. They could have heard him say this and repented and come and been a follower of Christ. So, yes, there is. Until your last breath, there's always room for that mercy uh, on an individual basis, mm-hmm. which is how God works with us. He doesn't work with us. I mean, the result is a corporate result, but his way of achieving that corporate result is individual hearts one at a time. And you know what's amazing? All of heaven celebrates one sinner turning around and coming back to God. All of heaven. That's unbelievable. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ came and gave his life for each and every one of us so we would have life and have it in abundance. The kingdom of God is at hand right here, right now. So that's exactly what you guys were saying. We can live that life of abundance by going to Christ and going to the Father and saying, forgive me, be be made anew with the, the Lord and just... Just walking it out, walking it out, and living it today, one day, one step with the Lord. Awesome. How cool is Jesus' day? Real quick, you know, here it says uh, about the son, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. And here, what does Jesus do? He gives himself up to death. Yes. So we can get our inheritance, right? I mean, Jesus is so awesome, right? That he, he lets himself be put to death so we can acquire our inheritance. You know, we, it's, he's, he's awesome. You know, and with that, Rob, you know, I mean, again, I've just come back from three days of spiritual direction. And, and what, what uh, Monsignor John S. have kept telling me is, David, claim your identity in Christ. Claim your identity in Christ. Jesus Christ is alive in you. He wants to live in you, with you, and through you. Get your relationship right with the Father. You were sharing that earlier, Rob. Listen and pour out to the Father all your feelings, how you're feeling. Get that deepening, ever-deepening relationship with the Father to ignite Jesus living within us so that we can take His love to the world and we can be those vessels and those instruments of salvation and those vessels of love and, and mercy and kindness and compassion to those who are hurting in the world. So for me, Rob, it's a challenge. Every day I want to make wake up and be a new creation in Christ. Every day I want to go to bed and say, Father, thank you for the gift of this day and thank you for choosing to use me. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening.
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.